Coming up in this episode of the KickCast, a sleep system that will help you be more productive, make your own wall pixel art, and a device that will make sure you get hot coffee anywhere you are. So sit back and relax. It's time for the KickCast. Hey everybody, it is time for another episode of the KickCast, the podcast where we go out, find you crowdfunding projects, and let you know you should backtrack or sack them. I'm KT Data, want to have the show. Unfortunately, Drew got busy with the work life again and he can't make it for this episode, but we got an amazing co-host to fill in for him. Um, If you guys ever watched any of the earlier podcasts that I ever did um, or any of our convention coverage, it is the one and only Dito. How are you doing today, my friend? Oh, wait, who, who is this person? Oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> You're not Drew. You're Dito. At least I replaced Drew with somebody who whose name starts with a D, right? Does that work? Maybe? It's all about the D. It's oh, and also you gotta remember too is I'm the evil one because I have the mustache. Yeah, you, you you also have a mustache. So like, because the last time <laughs> everybody saw you, I don't think you had a mustache. So we'll just go with that that you are an evil Dito. So you can imagine the projects tonight you'll have will be evil oh yeah or something like that super or something yeah (laughs) all right so before we go on to our projects tonight we have two bits of news um and ironically they're related to indiegogo and kickstarter our first bit of news is that kickstarter announced a hardware studio so we we all you know the a lot of the high high project or you know, high-profile projects you see on Kickstarter are usually for a new device or something like that, um, and that is probably one of the most difficult things to do, especially if you're inventing something that didn't exist before from scratch. Um, so what they did is they're introducing the hardware studio. They've partnered up with uh, Dragon and uh, let's see, what was it? Dragon and Dragon Innovation and uh, Avnet, um, two different companies that specialize in design and manufacturing and kind of the whole supply line to work with. So it's going to be a separate website where you can actually go. And if you have questions, you can post, you can interact with them um, and get some feedback on the device that you you're inventing. So it actually will make the crowdfunding project, um, you know, help your crowdfunding project work better or actually have a device because a lot of times people just have that idea, but then doing making the nuts and bolts actually work is a little bit harder. So they have the first part, which is the Studio Toolkit. So it's a community site, which has all different tools and tutorials and stuff um, to help you know put together your project. And then the second phase is the Studio Connection, which if you're working on like a harder, more advanced project, so say you're building a robot or something like that, um, to get more personalized feedback and stuff, you can actually talk with an actual engineer who's kind of gone through this process and they can help give you tips and pointers or if you're running into a big problem they could help you with that too um so those are the that's kind of kickstarter's new hardware solution type area so that way you're not just kind of going by whatever you have before they're actually working a little bit more on the education side of it so what do you think you know is this hardware studio probably a good thing or a bad thing for kickstarter to do it's a step. Um, I can't tell you which direction it's still just because you know, Kickstarter should know what they're doing. I mean, they're pouring out like 
God knows how much money into these uh, people for uh, PR and everything itself. So obviously there's some market there itself. Um, we've seen Kickstarter takes at both Kickstarter and Indiegogo over the last couple of years, even CES taking these big leaps with the like helping out with the the shipping because that's always been the biggest issue self and it's helped a lot of people. So maybe it'll help some, maybe it won't. And it's 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 anyone's game right now itself. So. I'm looking forward to see what's going to happen. Yeah, it's it's interesting that they're finally doing this because Indiegogo, has, over the years, we've kind of seen them actually take that step and be more proactive in these projects. And it seems like Kickstarter now is a little bit more involved because they know that one of their biggest categories is that technology category where people are inventing watches, mice, earphones, and all that stuff. And a lot of people are like, well, I have this great idea, but they don't realize how difficult it is to actually make a piece of tech because there's a lot of you know technology and engineering that needs to go into a device and some people are like uh crap where i have this idea but what do i do in my next steps um, yeah we, we saw it with pebble yeah i mean they took the they took their first leap yeah. and they realized how well, difficult it well, was and then pebble they actually had already invented a watch prior to that too so they actually had some of that they just didn't expect the watch the blow up that fast but, uh, oh boy but, did it but i haven't i you know i you see those projects and at least they had some kind of manufacturing background um so and then uh, laser norm asks a pretty good question if it costs anything i believe so it hasn't launched yet it's going to launch in september and it sounds like that the first part the studio toolkit is kind of going to be a free community resource meaning you just need to make an account and you go in and you can talk to people like that but if you want the um, personalized service and feedback where you actually sit down with an engineer, you know, have a phone conversation, Skype conversation, whatever, that that may actually cost some money. But I'm not sure because they didn't mention details on pricing. Who knows? It could all be free, but I imagine that there might be some nominal fee. But, hey, that might yeah. be cheaper than hiring your own engineer to solve like, a problem. <laughs> just, just a little, you know, for someone who works in the industry of labor and <laughs> cost and everything itself yeah it's you're better off probably uh taking their advice yep all right so on to our second bit of news which is kind of this is an interesting one because when i first read this story i thought it was actually going one way but it's actually going the opposite direction of what i understood so if you've seen on on, on a lot of these crowdfunding projects you're seeing a lot more projects being created in international markets and trying to market it to the u.s um Main, like in China, there are tons of incubators that you can apply for and your company can run through and they'll help you set up your crowdfunding project and stuff and get through. But one of the drawbacks is that is you live in China, right? So, and you're trying to market to people in the US. So there's language barriers, there's cultural barriers, there's a lot of those kind of things. And especially early on when you started seeing a lot of these um, international projects come in, you'd read the project and you're like, well, I think this is a real thing, but it kind of sounds mechanical because they used Google Translate or something, or it just didn't seem right. Things weren't connecting because there weren't a lot of details um, in that. So what Indiegogo has done is they've selected two marketing agencies um, to be their preferred partners for Chinese-based launch projects. So what that means is there are these Chinese crowdfunders who want to bring their project um, on Indiegogo and they want to market it to the U.S. market. So what they can do now is apply to work with um, um, Lamore Labs and Rain Factory. 
both of those may sound familiar because they they this is their business is to market crowdfunding projects. Um, so they can work with that to build their presence in the U.S. Um, you know, and that could be anything from making a website because some like I remember some of the earlier stuff. I'm like that looks cool, and then you try to Google it, you can't even find the name of the company. So that you know, for some people, that's a red flag. Um, to writing copy, to designing visuals and stuff. Because how many times have you been to like Alibaba or something, Dito, and you just see a picture that you knew somebody took on like a camera phone or something? <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> don't, uh, don't, don't, don't get me, don't get me on that. You, you've you've heard me rant about terrible, terrible photos yeah, for and, projects, and I, you even hear me rant about it for work. Yeah, and, so and so you're like, well, that looks a little sketch, and it could be a legitimate project. They just aren't good at doing this marketing kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, I, I like this idea that they're kind of bringing a lot more international companies to bringing to the U.S. Because a lot of the times what you would see prior to this would be U.S. companies trying to market outside, right, to internationally. Um, and now that's kind of coming back in. So I like that mix of both because it allows you to get different ideas from different parts around the world, around the world for different solutions. So um, I really like this. And I really hope that them working with the, you know, having these two marketing companies, they'll learn more experience and then we'll get those projects where you'll look at it and you're like, um, oh, this is really cool. And then you look where they are and they're in China and you can't tell the difference between a U.S. launched project and a Chinese launched product because they both, you know, have all the information you need and they're just pretty good ideas. So how do you, how do you feel about Indiegogo kind of reaching that international market now and saying, hey, you know, this crowdfunding thing, it's big. It's not going anywhere. We have this large audience in the U.S. that you could market to, um, and you can work with these guys over here so your project can compete with some of the guys here in the U.S. Because marketing is huge now, and crowdfunding is. you got to have a plan. you got to be able to do that because um, the heydays of if they if I build it on the network, they will come kind of thing is kind of long gone where you actually have <laughs> to have a marketing plan. Um, do you think this is a good idea to help those international markets kind of get on even ground i'm actually seeing this as a plus in more than just in marketing itself we all know that uh, china has been like the go-to for most of the campaigns and the early itty go-go and um the uh, well pretty much everything you know I mean, yeah, um, if you're gonna build something large scale you're probably gonna have to manufacture it in china yeah um there's been a couple of the campaigns that we followed through there so remember the cat era headphones yep. uh that, there was another one where they went to china to try to find a, a factory that would build them because they were effectively cheap and they could still uh, make the quotas in time that they've uh, promised to the to the clients but at the same time too because of their marketing and everything itself they had to you know scrap it so with this, I think it's going to be great because there are brilliant people in China, too, trying to do exactly what we're doing here. Because, you know, with the crowdfundings, it's a big inspiration. And now that we have a that language barrier is going to be gone and there is a company that's going to kind of be that middleman, I think it's going to work both ways and it will only get better. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's why I like it, that it's it's helping. And this is what I love about crowdfunding is that you don't have to be a big company. You don't have to be super rich. You just have to have a good idea and be willing to put the work to implement it. And sometimes you good idea. <laughs> and, 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 you know, sometimes when, you know, these, these Asian companies, they have good ideas, but their marketing is just so bad where you're like, 
uh, I don't kind of trust you to give me <laughs> to give you that much money to make this where it could be a, an amazing thing. And what's great about this, I looked at the portfolio for both of these companies. I'm familiar with um, uh, with Rain Factory because I've seen them a lot. Um, not as much with Lamore Labs, but when I looked at the past through their past companies, so you remember Crazy Baby, right? They're the guys who make the floating speaker and stuff. They've actually worked with both of these companies, um, and they both both of their crowdfunding projects that they had were super successful. So if that tells you about the track record of these two companies that Indiegogo picked, is they know what they're doing. And so if you're you know if you're listening to this, because I know this. Not everybody who listens to the show is in the U.S. Say you're in Hong Kong or something. You may want to check out with some of these guys to help you build your marketing effort. And that actually may, you know, make a night and day difference between how well your project might have go. All right. So that is all the news that we have. Um, and then we actually have two quick kick shouts. Both of these we actually saw at CES. Um, we'll see if you remember both of these, Dito. So the first one is the Ahead and the a head is this Bluetooth device that you snap onto your helmet, and it connects to your smartphone, and it allows you to control everything uh, or control most of the functions on your phone with this device on your helmet. It even turns your helmet into a smart speaker, so that way when you're riding on a bike or something, you don't have to worry about taking your hands off the um, handlebars because that's dangerous, right? <laughs> I I remember uh, this one. Yeah, this yeah. is the one where yeah, it stopped me from almost taking it because I, if I was still on a motorcycle, I would have definitely have gotten it. Yeah, it's because you. I mean, you you you've ridden on motorcycles before. Taking your hands off the handlebars to answer a text or something is not the brightest idea, right? Just driving in general <laughs> is not a good idea. <laughs> but yes, uh, it's it's really crucial, especially so. Like if you're if anyone's listening to this, and if you ever ridden even a bicycle and trying to text on that you're an idiot sorry (laughs) it's true you're an idiot please don't be safe yep all right and then our next uh our other kick shout that we have um again if you want to find a head get on kickstarter and type in a head a-h-e-a-d and you'll be able to find it um i the reason why we like that idea is because you don't have to buy a brand new helmet you stick it on your existing helmet you're good to go um all right, the next one is called the Hapto, and this is for your VR fans out there. This is a motion controller, so you, you can do all your VR controls with this in on your hand, but it also gives you physical feedback. So it feels so say you're holding up a rock, it'll actually push back on your hand so you it feels like you have a rock in your hand versus now where you might just be holding the controller and not getting that um physical haptic feedback on it. Um that one's a pretty cool one, too. If you guys want to check that out, they're on Indiegogo, and you search for Hapto, H-A-P-T-O. And those are our kick shouts. So now, finally, it's time for our projects, and this one's a cool one. So, Dito, I know your sleep schedule is a mess, right? <laughs> oh, God, tell me about it. Um, I think, <laughs> it's just going to get worse. Yeah, I think that's something that both you and I have in common. Um, let's just say there have been times where Dito or I have messaged each other at like 3 a.m. and we've responded within five minutes because both of us are awake for some awful reason. <laughs> and it's always, what are you doing up? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was expecting you to answer tomorrow. Um, yes, I had so. this weird idea just pop in my head for something itself. Uh, I'll just put it down now. So, you know, then you put your phone down or be on the computer itself and just wait and, and come and, back. And, and, and there's response. Yeah, like, you're wait, like, what? ding, like, what? 
so uh, <laughs> so this is something you and I actually may need. So this is called the Sar- Sarcadia, and it is a system to resync your system, uh, your your body to closer to what a normal circadian rhythm is. So, Dito, how much do you know about a circadian rhythm? Absolutely nothing. Okay, so our the human body has been engineered to um, sleep and function by if the if there's sunlight out or not. You know, that's just been we've been engineered to do that. The problem that what what happens now is we have all these screens up, or you know we're working night. You know the graveyard shifts. All these all these things start shifting off what our natural circadian rhythm should be. Um, so what happens is. When you're off your circadian rhythm, it could be in the middle of the day, and you're like you're already feeling tired because it's not what your body's used to. So with the circadian system, there's two parts to it. There's one, a sleep monitoring device, uh, a sleep tracker, which you put next to your bed. You don't have to wear this. This is why I love it. Is you don't have to wear it. You put it on to um, next to you, next to your bed, and I think it's like what is it, three feet, eight eight feet away. So up to eight feet away, and what it will do as you sleep is it will start taking notes because um, it can detect if you're in deep sleep, in light sleep, if you're tossing or turning or you woke up. Um, it tracks, you know, if there's any loud noises around you or um, how, how you're breathing, your heart rate, um, and the temperature around. And it will use that data to create what your circadian rhythm looks like right now. Um, and then from that data, it actually works with a phone app that will say, okay, these are some of the adjustments that we can try to make work. Um, so your circadian rhythm is back to more of a natural rate. Um, what's cool about this is because that's only one half of it. The other half is a therapy lamp. So it's this uh, pocket size, you know, hand sized light device that you can actually put, um, you take with you. And what it is, it's kind of like those lights you've seen that do, sun, you know, that changes the color temperature. So you have your daylight. Um, and you're like nighttime and stuff. Um, cause you know how everybody's like, you shouldn't be using your computer before you go to bed because it has that blue light. That's kind of like, um, sunlight, right? So what it this does, didn't. yeah, it shouldn't. <laughs> um, so what this does is, is actually, it does that and you can take it with you. They've made it portable so you can take it with you and it will cycle those lights and give you kind of that light therapy you may need, um, to adjust your body clock what you want but what's cool about this is say you know you're running on a deadline and you're like well i i just need to stay up tonight to get it done they have what they call a uh coffee or visual caffeine which it will change it to a light that will keep you awake um and it um for i think it's like it's equivalent to a cup of coffee that will keep you up for six hours um and they'll use that to help you stay awake um so if you're trying to do like a night, what do I call it? Insomnia mode. There's an insomnia mode, which keeps you awake during the night. There's also this alertness boost. And I really need this alertness boost because you know that um, um, right after lunch, right? <laughs> you, always, you always feel sleepy. <laughs> well, considering the fact alone that my job got me lucky 13 today, yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, you're all full. So you could use this alertness boost where it changes the light to help keep you awake without having to drink like a cup of coffee that will keep you awake for six hours or so when you need that and you, boost. And you won't get that crash either. Yeah. Um, so I really like this idea and I love the system of it. 
doing both active monitoring and kind of responding to that with the app and the light because you've seen a lot of these other ones that are like um you know if if you just got the light alone that requires you to say all right all right an hour before i'm going to shift the color light to kind of a more sun sunset type thing so my body's ready to go to sleep right um, I think you're saying, I think it's been more time like this and with the dial like that's not quite yeah. sunlight yeah. or that's not quite ah yeah but, there it is oh crap it's all messed up yeah but then and, and then you're like is this really working because <laughs> you know how are you supposed to de- detect how you sleep and the one thing that I hate about this a lot of the sleep trackers like the Fitbits and stuff you have to wear it and I am notoriously bad at like having things around my wrist or whatever where yes. like yes. I'm sleeping I'll rip them off. Um, cause it bugs me. And, and then there's, there's the other one that people who like have, you know, the Apple watches and come some of those sm- higher end smart watches that like drain their batteries that you got to charge every day. Well, that's a problem because most people tend to charge those watches when they go to bed. Right. So <laughs> I, I know me- I do means you're not wearing it. So how's it going to st- <laughs> detect your sleep? And even if you are wearing it, what happens when the battery dies in the middle of the night? <laughs> So that's why I, I like the contactless sleep tracker because it allows you to just be like, okay, you're in the area and I can tell you you're there. Um, so that's what that's why I love this. And because I, I remember the first thing I did when I graduated from college is like, I, I need to get a regular sleep cycle. I can't do these crazy, you know, two, three day benders with like four hours of sleep. It's just not, say, it's not healthy. And here we are now. <laughs> hey, it's only 10. It's only. 10 15 um so it's still early right yeah um oh it's it's only 10 15 jesus so i mean how do you feel about this kind of sleep system it's not just one device but it's almost a connection of a couple devices that do active monitoring and helps respond to it all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna take a two approaches on this so first off i like the fact that it monitors and it adapts to your sleeping schedule so like we talked about the whole um how you have to set lights and everything i feel that could be more of a placebo effect you know you think you're getting good and everything itself but then it's not actually catering to your schedule so um with this i feel it's going to be better for someone who does have our terrible sleeping schedules <laughs> you know and i really do feel it's going to help out opposed to like we've seen a ces a few of a few of those lamp systems yeah, where but it's, you it's, have to it's still adjust that one, everything yeah it's still that one side so you're like i don't know if this is really helping me or not yeah, and then you have the whole contact thing too you know having to wear a device either under your sheets or you know or having to wear a watch of some sort um or that little like a patch or something it's it's like me too uh, i if something it's something on me I'm not feeling comfortable with, I'll rip it off too. So I've done that with my pebble because I don't like wearing like watches either at night. And if I have to wear if I wear something on my wrist at night, I feel like I'm gonna rip it off and destroy it, which actually did happen. <laughs> so uh yeah, I'm down one wristband, by the way. <laughs> so yeah. I think it's a great idea, but yes, there is still there's still some I still think there's gonna be some more work for it. Mm-hmm. So is this a back track or sack for you? Definitely track. Definitely uh, track. Yeah. This one, this one's a back for me because I like the whole idea. I also like how the light is portable because that's always the problem with some of the other stuff is you got to leave it plugged in. And so <laughs> I'm not going to spend every day unplugging this light, lugging it with me to work and then plugging it back in at work 
<laughs> I just I feel like there's a bad joke gonna happen at work too, so you put it on like a very like a sleep mode and start like <laughs> affecting your coworkers or something. Or you have that one you just put like coffee mode and then they're like jitter as <laughs> hell. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I see a beta also a very fun work tool too. Yeah, that that's why I like it because it's battery powered, so if I need to move it, I'll just move it. <laughs> Don't have to worry about wires or anything. All right. So on to our second project. Um, Dito, did you play a lot of Minecraft? Uh, oh, did when, I? When it when it first came out, you 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 play the adult Minecraft um, with that. But we, I mean, you you've seen on the internet, pixel art is huge now, right? Um, yeah, it it is it is definitely one of those things that everybody is kind of getting onto. I've seen pixel art use. Um, have you seen the sticky note pixel art? Where people mm-hmm. have yeah. done things with sticky notes, so that looks cool and all, except when the sticky notes stop sticking, or a oh, p- gust of wind comes by and they all fly off. Um, so, or that one coworker rips everything off. Yeah, or that one coworker. By the way, one of my buddies got had his entire forerunner sticky noted um, before. I'll have to tell you that. I'll have to tell you that story one time. Was it? Was it? Was it me? Um, <laughs> but so our next project is called Peelcraft. And what it is, is for those of you guys who have blank walls, I don't have blank walls. I wish I had blank walls so I could put more art up. Um, or 8-Bit Nerd. Yeah, or 8-Bit Nerds. These are little kind of like uh, 8-Bit pieces that you can put together onto your wall and make your own 8-Bit art um, that's post, you know, on the side of your wall somewhere. So you can make these giant murals if you live in one of these. I don't know anybody who lives in a studio apartment that looks like this, but yeah. They gotta exist very somewhere. single. They gotta they gotta exist somewhere, right? Um, <laughs> they have to, to be to have this up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, are these reappliable, or are they one one of those one and done pieces, Dito? So, according to what they've been telling you, that there are two ways of getting it taken care of. So, they have the ones where you can uh, they're readhesived, but at the same time, too, it doesn't necessarily say like you know, if you had like a some dust or something gets on it too, and you can wash that off. But uh, there's also another one that's more for industrial use too. So it's more like ones you could peel off and the ones that are supposed to adhere for almost permanent status. So um, it's nice to see that they have taken an account to people who want to decorate walls on a maybe like weekly basis versus ones that want to set something up for their office on a permanent basis. Yeah, like I like this glass window one, like because you see stores always kind of put up their sales and stuff. This seems like that, you know, having the ones that you can take off would be great, so they can change it to whatever they're having on sale that next week, right? Yes, and that's the one of the greatest things. I this is the reason why it appealed to me because, you know, I'm oh, I'm an old school nerd. You know, grew up with Atari, Nintendo, all this fun stuff too. So, um, with pixel art becoming what, it's been maybe a year or two now since Pixar art started to take hold. This like is a graffiti art. Yeah. Um, so that's what this is essentially you can do. Um, you can have outside now. Um, and not to say to graffiti art everything itself, but you could pixel <laughs> art it too. Um, we, we don't you know, condone vandalism. KTData.net does not condone vandalism <laughs> in any way, shape, or form, but... On, on the other note, this is super cool. Yeah. And then one of the things that we forgot to mention is these blocks, they're not just like squares. They they have different textures that you can have on them. So you can have like this pyramid shape or the flat shape 
Um, and you can mix and match them so you can create textures along with the tiles, right? Um, so like I'm lo I'm looking at these. Yeah, these some of these look pretty cool. And what's even cooler is you can design these like on a using a phone app. Uh, yeah, so the com this, they have software for this. Um, they have their pre-programmed uh, templates, and then there is the ones where you can create yourself. So what they have set up was that you can use a template and then go from there um, as a base. So I think they said it was somewhere around like 30 templates or something, if I remember correctly. And they have everything from like Mario, Galaga, uh, Space Invaders to uh, Pac-Man. And I think I even saw one, a pixel art of like um, character uh, completely oh, throws on uh, my face. Yeah, but there, there's, a, there's a Madonna one that's on here that you can see right Yeah, here. there's Madonna. Yeah, that one. There's, there's a Madonna one, or but no, uh, Madonna, Harley Mar Quinn. Uh, Harley Quinn, sorry. This is Marilyn Monroe. Harley Quinn. This is Marilyn Monroe. Somebody's going to be like, KT, you don't know your celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not even saying I do. <laughs> I just agree with him. <laughs> yeah. Um, is is this a backtracker sack for you? I mean, I love this. I love like I liked just having the squares, but I love having the textures of the different squares too. That just add a little bit more depth to them. So if I had more wall space, definitely back. So I'm gonna say with that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have wall space, but I'll still back yeah, it. Because <laughs> because how, how much are these? Are are these pretty pricey? Um, from what I'm seeing here, self, I don't know the. How much it's converted to itself, but doesn't so, look all that expensive. So yeah, I'm looking at it for a hundred pieces. Um, it's about sixty dollars. It's four hundred and sixty Hong Kong dollars, which converts to about sixty dollars here. Uh, okay, which, yeah. Which I don't so, think is too bad. I mean, you mm -mm. you buy a paint. You know, I've bought prints that cost more than sixty dollars. Um, <laughs> you see my mural of Street Fighter. That cost yeah. me like what? That cost me sixty bucks oh, right there for yeah. for six pieces. Why didn't we think of this? Pen pushers like there's always ceiling space. Have you have you put stuff on your ceiling yet? <laughs> now yes. you're thinking about it. <laughs> well, where do you hang? Where do you think I hang most of my Gundams from? <laughs> I was gonna say, okay, fine. We'll, we'll I, I won't tell people about your Justin Bieber poster that you have posted up there above I, your above your bed. Oh, did I just say that out loud? My bad. <laughs> I, I'm more scared of the fact alone that it would even be there. <laughs> and, and all right, so that is the peel craft. So for our last uh, project of the night, this one was voted by you. Um, and I have a feeling Cousin Jane may have influenced the vote for this. <laughs> um, and Dito, I don't think you drink a lot of coffee, right? Uh... More occasionally. I, I'd say I'm more of a light drinker now. Okay. So, yeah, I live off the stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know you do. So, one of the problems is, when, especially when you travel, is co like if you're a coffee connoisseur, when you travel, sometimes getting good coffee is hard. Um, especially if you're going to like a diner or something and they leave a pot of coffee sitting there all day. You know? Um, so... One of the solutions is, especially now that you have those little pod machines, right, that you can just put in a capsule and it'll make your stuff. Um, those are a little bit nicer, except you don't want to carry a giant machine around, right? Because that still doesn't work. So our last project... Don't? <laughs> well, you can, but I'm not going to. Um, yes! Um, our our uh, our last project of the night is called the um, X-Profix. 
So get it. It's, a, it's almost espresso, but it's not Xprofix. Um, and it is a portable espresso machine that not only um, will use the one of the pod things that you have, it will also boil the water if you don't have hot water with you. So you can actually can make a hot cup or a hot shot of espresso um, on the go with cold water. Um, so what it does is it's this little machine, the capsule it uses doesn't use the Keurig ones, which most people think, but they do use the, um, I never can say this company's right. The Nespresso capsules, which are very similar and they actually have pretty decent coffee. Um, I used to work at a place that had these pods, um, instead of the, um, Keurig ones and they're actually pretty good. The part that I really liked about it is that you can fill, it fills about 50 milliliters of water. Um, and then you start it. If it's cold water, it'll heat it up for you, and that takes a couple minutes. And then from there, you can actually do your pour um, from there. And they've designed it so it's portable. So say you're going through the TSA and traveling with it, you can actually take out the lithium battery because, you know, how paranoid everybody is about exploding phones now. <laughs> so Thank you, Samsung. So they, uh, you can take that out, and you just take it with you. Um, I really like this, especially if you're like camping or something. There's an integrated cup that is in there, so if you you don't even have to carry a separate cup. Um, which I, re- I you know I like this idea, um, and I know Pen Pusher is like he's not really a fan of pods, but hey, if you're traveling and you're in a fix, I think this is actually a pretty good solution because you don't have to worry about water and stuff. And people are like, well, what happens if the water starts boiling and stuff? So. One of the tricks that most people don't know is you shouldn't use boiling water when you're making coffee. You should be using water that's about like right below boiling. So it actually heats up the water to about 90 degrees, and that's about the temperature you want it. Because if you if you do boiling water, what happens is it starts to scald the beans, and you get a more acidic taste out of the beans. Which is funny to say, too, because uh, like Europe and everything makes fun of a lot of American coffee. Yeah, it's because European like co- European coffee yeah. is night and day different. Than yeah, because we boil our water. You know, we always have way hotter water than we should normally have to brew and to uh, stem and our steam. Sorry, and all that stuff because we just want scalding water on everything. Yeah. So I I really like this. Um, and like is so like yeah I know that you don't drink a lot of coffee say, say you're addicted to it um, and you knew you're going to be traveling a lot so you don't know what the coffee situation is going to be every day would this be something that you would want to take with you? Hey T, you you knew me when I had my store right? <laughs> that's that's when I had was addicted to coffee. I'd, I'd be sitting there with the pot brewing every like ten minutes. But yeah, I this this is for your coffee connoisseur and I will agree with you. You know. It's a must. It's a must-have for that uh, coffee connoisseur that just needs that fix, mm-hmm. uh, especially for like when we go convention hopping itself. We don't want to sit in that thirty-person line for like an hour just yeah, to get to or just a cup of Java. Yeah, to pay five bucks for a cup of j- coffee. Five bucks, dude. <laughs> remember, it's like ten. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I really like this. I, I know T Max is like three hundred dollars is a little much. Um, but, but that's actually a steal considering I'm, I'm, the fact alone. I'm looking at it. I don't think it's three hundred dollars. It looks like because that's Australian dollars. Um, so once you convert that, oh. that's about a one seventy, which doesn't seem too bad 
if you yeah. consider that I th- I haven't checked recently, but I think a lot of those pod machines themselves cost around there or higher. Um, higher. So, like, I think like the a general use one you get probably at like uh, Walmart is still going to run you about like almost two hundred bucks yeah. or so. So this I, I like this. This is portable. Um, the only drawback I see with this is the battery life, and which makes sense because on a full charge, if you're using cold water, you're only going to be getting three cups of coffee out of it because um, it has to heat up the water, right? Um, but if you use hot water, if you pour hot water into it and then you use it to do the injection, you can get up to 100 cups of, cups of coffee. So if you bring your own hot water, it lasts longer. Um, I was going to say, like, that is a huge leap. Yeah, three cups well, to 100 cups. Well, it makes sense, right? Because it doesn't yeah. have to heat up the water. Um, <laughs> what, about, what about room temperature? Do they say anything about like having like a bottle of water room temperature? Um, that's still probably going to be closer to the to the cold water. Um, so you may be able to get four cups out of it. Um, and it, it does take about eight and a half to ten and a half minutes to heat the water. And you only can do one cup at a time because it only can hold 50 milliliters of water. So you're only going to get one shot at a time. This is definitely for the single per, you know, a single coffee drinker and not a group thing because you'd be there for an hour just to make everybody cups of coffee. It better have like an AC charging unit or something to do that. But yeah, you're better off with yeah. just. Or, or you can take Pen Pusher's idea and just carry five extra lithium batteries charged. Oh, well, we could talk to the belt guy, the, ba- the lithium battery <laughs> yeah. belt guy. There we go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I love this idea, and it might just be because I'm addicted to coffee, but I, I like it. I like how portable it is, and like you, you can see this little like leather carrying case, so you can carry all of that and then a couple of pods for you. And if it only does three three charges, that's that's more than enough, right? Oh yeah, I mean that's I think that's great for just that coffee connoisseur that just wanted you know to get a fix. If they really want a cup of coffee, they're going to get a cup of coffee. Yeah. I mean. If you live in the metropolitan area, anyways, there's a coffee place on every other corner. At least a Starbucks in every well, if other you, corner. If you go into Seattle, they just inject you through via <laughs> IV. So. It's, was it Seattle or was it New York that has a coffee has a Starbucks across from a Starbucks? Um, it's probably Seattle, home, hometown of okay. Starbucks. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. But yeah, Pen Pitcher is, is you know he has a he he's like having a two like two shot option. Probably is, you know, that might be ideal for a lot of people because I know, um, let's just say I don't technically drink coffee, more like I tend to drink two shots of espresso and it looks like I'm drinking one cup of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Just shoot it straight into your veins, man. Just get it over with. Just have have your IV setting up there and you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Pen Pusher says New York has, has tons of coffee. Um. It has the coffee next to the coffee on top of the coffee next oh, to the okay. coffee too. There we go. You can view a Starbucks from the window of another Starbucks here. I love it. That uh, is your ideal situation. That is the hipsters beyond hipsters dream. No, it's just a big city and everybody needs their coffee. <laughs> I think it's just funny because it's like, uh, so you, you probably remember that I told you about this. There's a Winco opening, like literally like kitty corner off of the main street for me. Mm-hmm. And there's this, there's that uh, drive-through Starbucks. They're going to put a Starbucks in that Winco. Yeah. Well, it's just like the Walmart near me. There's a McDonald's right next to the Walmart, and then inside the Walmart, there's another McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. There's the, <laughs> the 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 Mexi Mart over here has a McDonald's in it too. Yeah. 
All right, so it is time for our sack of the week. <laughs> Finally. Um, this is a good one um, for, for many <laughs> reasons. So, Dito, you have two TVs in your house, right? At least. Um, so let me ask you, have, have you ever walked by and looked at, the t- at one of your two TVs and said, man, that black border around these flat screens looks really boring. I want to add some pizzazz to it. Always, KT. Always. Well, then our sack of the week is for you. It is TV wraps, vinyl wraps that customize the border of your TV. <laughs> it's like a decorative cell phone case for your TV. It's actually the same material cars are wrapped in, leaves no marks on TV. But wait, there is more. So, so you're like, okay, KT, um, uh, I don't see the need of it. My problem with this is um, I go to CES a lot, and each year I go to CES, those bezels get smaller and smaller. (laughs) Um, And most people, I mean, most people have maybe a 42-inch to a 50 or maybe 60-inch TV, right? I would put an average, like the average consumer is probably going to have at least a 45, 46-inch. Yeah. So that means you got this like giant square thing and you you have car wraps and stuff. That material doesn't like stand up by itself, right? You can't just Oh no. So I can imagine applying this try imagine like, you know, cuz you got to get a perfect rectangle, right? Cuz the, the TV's that shape. Like how's that going to work? <laughs> try, I like I but, honestly don't see them it, so for the average person or okay, I've done car wraps. I've I've, I've detailed my own car many times. KT knows this, and he's seen me do it a few times and sees how tough it can get yeah, if it's... you don't if you don't have it secured on there and have the uh, have it all se- uh, set up beforehand. And that's on a car hood. Yeah, and and you weren't even trying to like put a square down. You know, you had some leeway, right? To, yeah. To... And so think of this on a vertical surface that only has maybe like a couple inches square trying to fit that on there and then apply it without having without air bubbles yeah because if you miss you're covering your screen (laughs) yeah and for most of us most of the uh, tvs now that have the border still there is what about a three like two to three centimeters yeah yeah it's not even a full inch it's barely an inch (laughs) yeah it's like you barely have anything so if you're Get, if you miss one spot, so say you go corner to corner like this, and then you know you get it on yourself, and then you just go down because you know logic di- dictates if you have it on the corners, you'll you'll get it to the corner to corner. It doesn't work like that. It's it's very precise work that you have to do. So the average consumer, I can see messing this up, yeah. and your your tiger your tiger stripe borderline is going to look like crooked, and it's going to throw people off who have OCD. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like you look prototype one. Inst- installation takes too long to get good fit. Adjustments hard to make once stuck. Hard to see while installing. Hard for me, and I know how to do this. Unsuccessful. Um, and you you look at this. This doesn't look that great. <laughs> right? And do we mention you have one shot? Yeah, like this doesn't look that great. And everybody in the chat room is like, I don't want to see the bezel. <laughs> like this, <laughs> this seems to be counterintuitive on what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, our TVs right now, give it, what? Okay, on the hindsight itself, give it three years. 
there won't be any more bezels at the cheap TVs you can get at like Walmart. You know, they're going to be if there is a bezel, it's going to be like minuscule. It's going to be pretty much almost edge to edge. We're yeah. seeing edge edge technology right. already. I mean, yeah, at CES two years in a row now, we've seen those TVs that are super thin that you could hang. You they claim that you can hang using picture hanging hardware, where there's almost nothing there. Um, so like I, they say the like. They say they have a market, but I just don't see it. And then there's also the other aspect that I don't think he's thought about is that a lot of these TVs, um, they generate a lot of heat. Do you really want to put a plastic cover over that so it retains (laughs) that heat so your TV could potentially overheat? (laughs) Yeah, there is. It's vinyl, guys. It's, you know, it is plastic, you know rubber plastic it's not the best of ideas especially if your tv is running hot yeah for whatever reason if your tv is running that hot yeah and it could because that's that's why when you get some of these new devices you should take off the plastic wrap on them because you may be causing more thermal damage to them um than you think you are and plus does anybody really want like a camo bordered tv (laughs) we know kt secretly does no <laughs> no. So that is our sack of the week because I uh, th- this this is what kills me because it does say um risks and challenges. Okay, I know TV screen borders are getting smaller. That decreases the general target market for most TV wrap designs, especially ones with graphic designs and words. The two reasons I still put time and effort into this is because I think I have identified a business target market. Um in addition, even with ultra slim frames, uh, peop- even people with ultra slim frames may want a reflective gold or chrome border. No, they don't. What are you a thug? That's why they got the TV with the ultra slim frames. I don't want to see it. Um, and like, it bugs me that okay, you have a target market, but you don't tell me what that target market is. Yeah, where are they? At least get a demograph of where they are. Um. I have a better idea, KT. Let's get let's get that peel craft and put it on those TVs. I, yeah! I think that'll be a better idea. I'd, I'd like that more. So you can have a little <laughs> Mario scene covering your TV. I mean, it's like from what it's like. All right, let's let's look at this in a different light. Okay, you know, let's put some positive light on these on this uh, border, this vinyl border stuff. You could, you know, you can set it up to where, uh, say, like in a hospital for children's itself, you know, they'll have the, those old TVs out there. They'll put like um, kid designs on itself. So it's a little bit more friendly itself because, you know, kids are going to be watching the TV all the time. Um, you have an old grandma that has your old grandma that has it too. You could put on like, mm-hmm. I don't know, oh, tiger stripes, you know, something cat related. Oh, dog related. no, you know, not, I don't you know, want a leopard print TV. No leopard print no, TV. No, no. But just you know, hear me out here, self. You know, it, it, I can see it for the target market itself, as many schools it may be. Uh, I could see it being there itself, but still doesn't make it a good oh, yeah. idea. And so I haven't mentioned the prices. Have you seen the prices? So if I missed that. I missed that. If you have a thirty-two inch or smaller TV, it's a hundred dollars for the pledge. Bye, bye, guys. <laughs> have a good day. And this is only gold. Apparently, you only can get the gold wrap first, um, and I'm a little is worried. Real be- gold, because the estimated delivery is August 2017. But you read through all of this; they haven't even found the right material they want to use for the wrap. I'm 
very, very worried about that. Sold. Um, so, yeah, that is why this is the sack. I mean, like, good, good on you for actually putting a, like, project-wise, mecha- like, mechanically, they put together the project pretty well. The idea, I think, is just a little too late um, in terms of that. This kind of reminds me of what I was talking about with my friends about MMOs. You know, they execute it very, very well, target to a great audience itself, but then they fall flat with the content. So I kind of see this like the same thing come happening itself. It's a you know solid idea. They just don't have enough information to convince yeah. anyone, at least us. Yeah, I'm there. Um, and that is. The end of the show. So, Dito, thank you, my friend, for stepping in last minute. And I know it's big shoes to fill for um, when Drew's not here. So, thank you so much for. It's because he's taller up. than me. Is he? I thought he was shorter than you. I can't remember now. I can't remember either. How tall is Drew? <laughs> We're going to have to measure you guys next time we see you. <laughs> it's true. It's like last time I saw Drew was like last at CES. I think this last time I actually saw Drew. No, no it was it's Christmas. Christmas party. Christmas party. That's right. Yeah. So and I didn't even sit next to him. Yeah, so we're going to have to measure you next time. But no, thank you so much, my friend. Do you got anything you want to plug before we go? Uh, not this time itself. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just doing my own thing now. Yep. So, yeah, if you do want to see Dito, go watch an old episode of the Kita Anime Podcast where we can't pronounce anything in any of these episodes. Um, mm. How far we've gone, right? <laughs> <laughs> and how, how how much we've almost stayed in the same spot yep, yep. and um or if you you know our convention coverage most of the time dito's there and i'm not ever gonna change that because when i'm like we're going to the convention dito's on, on first on the list to be going with me so thank Except you for game con <laughs> yeah and origins but you'll but you'll be back um yes you're always around the network so thank you so much my friends um, and thank you everybody for watching at home. If you guys have suggestions for sacks of the weeks projects, or if you just have a, um, um, Twitter, uh, a Twitch kick shout. Wow. I can't, it's getting late. I need that. See? Sarca- See? I, need that <laughs> I need that circadian and rhythm thing. The, a kick shout, just shoot, shoot us an email, kickcast at ktdata.net. Um, and we'll get that taken care of. Or you can tweet us at kickcast for the show at ktdata for myself at night twenty for Drew and at Ahoy Baby for Dito, Dito may respond. <laughs> I I generally do. Yeah, it's, if 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 I see if I see someone uh, tag me in something and stuff, I generally respond. Yeah. So um, until next time, my friends, Drew should be back. I think maybe. Yep, he should be back, and we'll finally have a normal show. <laughs> it's been like two months <laughs> since we've had a normal show, um, because we'll be done traveling. We'll all be in the same place. Um, and that our next episode is going to be June 20th, um, 2017. And you can always watch that live at twitch.tv forward slash KT data. So we will see all of you guys in two weeks. Bye bye. Two weeks. Mm-hmm.